Another deadly shooting in the Springfield area last night. This time it happened in Sangamon County's jurisdiction. Sheriff Jack Campbell is live this morning to give us the latest on that and on the rising tide of violence throughout our area. Sheriff, thanks for taking the time. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Uh, give us the uh, the update, if you could. Is there anything new on this investigation? Tell us what you know about this incident that happened last night along Clear Lake Avenue. Yeah, very troubling. Uh, last night at the, at the Crossing 2 liquor store, uh, we had a vehicle that was uh, shot at by an individual that eventually fled on foot. And uh, the vehicle, unfortunately, the driver um, of the vehicle was killed. The, the, uh, the vehicle continued into the park there at Bergen Park right across Eastdale from the liquor store and uh, hit a tree. The the uh, passenger was taken to the hospitals in stable condition there. But, you know, it, it's a it's a continued pattern what we're seeing here at Springfield and Sangamon County of, of the the rise in this crime. And and though none of this is, is good for any of us that live here, uh, these the, the subjects doing this and, and I think that the city police would agree with this are they're they're targeting each other. They're not you know they're not random shootings, they're not uh, attacking our citizens, but uh, when you when you fire a weapon uh, that round can go anywhere and, and uh, one of our fears is that eventually an innocent civilian is going to get hit. So we're gonna continue to work with all of our law enforcement partners here in the in the area and try to bring this to an end as quickly as we can. You know, this is uh, just based on, on observation and watching this for a long time. It seems like uh, this violence used to be uh, in fairly confined geographic areas and now it's spilling out all over the place, out on the open road, broad daylight, business parking lots. And it just seems like it's getting more brazen and more aggressive. Is that how you view it as well? That's exactly what it is, Jim. They, you know, we historically, you were right. You know, we saw these these limited to certain blocks um, in, in the city, and and now uh, it's gone mobile. Uh, we've literally had these all over uh, the city, and now, of course, out into the county. And we've had a few on the southwest side that were in county jurisdiction, also. Uh, but th- it's another troubling, uh, you know, factor for law enforcement. You know, we used to be, we at least knew where they were at, and uh, you know, we could point our our resources those directions. But now. Uh, as as they're out in their cars shooting each other, it could happen anywhere, and and much more likely for an innocent bystander to get hit. So, um, you know, we had we had worked with the city uh, who had hosted a, a program called Focus Deterrence that uh, helped us identify uh, young violent offenders and bring them in. and And, uh, and you may recall this over at the convention center, and, and we'd sit them down, and talk to them. Um, bring in people that serve time in prison to talk to them about what their future holds for them. And due to COVID, we had had to discontinue that program. And, and I've talked to uh, the chief and his staff about trying to uh, get it started again, and I know they're in favor of it. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're not sure, you know, how, how much good that, that did, but it certainly didn't hurt anything. And, and we did have some success stories that if we just got one shooter off the street, it, it made us all safer. So we're going to continue to work on programs like that and, and try to educate and um, you know bring the, the full brunt of law enforcement down onto these people that will commit these acts. Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow has said he believes this is essentially two warring gangs uh, against each other. Uh, is, is that also what you're seeing as well? And is there anything that the county can do working with the city and working on, on your own uh, to try to you know, get at the, the heart of these gangs and, and put a stop to some of this activity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is intelligence we're receiving, too, and some of it through the city and through other are their partners, but the key is is sharing this information. And, and the chief and I have a great rapport. Um, our staffs work well together. We kind of grew up in law enforcement together, and and 
you know, these the criminals know no boundaries. Um, so whether it's in one of the surrounding villages or whether it spills out into the, uh, the unincorporated parts of Springfield, the key for us is sharing this information, working together, um, and we have a plan in place. We've got um, we've got some things up our sleeve that we're we're currently working on that you're going to see uh, much more visible in, in the very near future. So it's things like this we have to continue to do. We can't give up the effort. We can't just throw up our hands and say, well, we just can't find them. You know, we will never stop. Uh, trying to make our, our city and the county safer for all the residents. You know, last night, a 20 and a 21-year-old, the victims uh, of this shooting, it, it is usually very young men who are picking up these weapons and firing them as well. Uh, and that's you know really disturbing when you see you know people late teens, early 20s with this kind of disregard for life. Uh, it, it just raises the question again about are we doing enough? Can we do more to try to intervene uh, with, with these young men in their early teens, middle teens, before it gets to this stage? Yes, and it is troubling. We are seeing younger and younger people involved in this. And, you know, historically we find out, especially when we have warring factions involved, that they sometimes recruit younger people thinking that they will have less of a criminal penalty against them, which is which is the case. But it encourages the young people to get involved in it. And to me, these young people are lacking in that maybe the – the, the care and love that they need, and they find it in these in these gangs. So um, it, it, it's troubling because they also don't understand the consequences of their actions. They, they we were all young once, and, and uh, it, it's concerning that uh, they are. This is the outlet they're looking for. And, and Jim, I, I had read books in the past about some of the problems in the Middle East with young men over there and, and why they did what they did. And one of the things, interesting things that they brought up in the book was that the, they used the term a, a poverty of dignity that existed in the Middle East. And, and I'm not sure if that's what we're running into now where these young men have nothing to look forward to. Um, but we're, you're right, we, we can't give up on them as, as a society. Uh, they, many of them can become productive people th- that we need, uh, but it's just troubling right now. And, and at the same time, you know, we see uh, some of the um, – uh, the, the the laws are passed are actually hampering us from doing our job. So it's frustrating to see the the rise in violence, and yet uh, we have some of our lawmakers that are working against us as we try to uh, bring it to an end. Sheriff Jack Campbell is here with us. Sheriff, the other you know big component to this is that you can have these young men, and they may be getting involved in gangs, but without a gun in their hands, the, the damage they can do is limited. Where are these guns coming from, and how is it so easy for teenagers, men in their 20s, convicted felons, to be able to just so readily, whenever they want, to get their hands on a gun to deploy them in this way? It's it's a very uh, difficult um, avenue for us to find out where they're coming from. We know that uh, talking to the city uh, staff that they they are seeing such a rise in um, in thefts of guns from vehicles, and as the concealed carry law came into effect and more, more people are carrying them, well, there, there's a certain amount of responsibility that goes with that, and and you you shouldn't leave it in your car and you should not leave your car unlocked on top of that. So we're it's it's a difficult process, you know. The people have their Second Amendment rights, and we we rec- we um, we realize that. Uh, but you have to be a responsible gun owner, and and um, you know we're seeing more taken from houses and burglaries, and, and they're and they're seeking them out. And we know that there's just so many guns out there that it's they're more readily available. So again, we're working with our partners. There's there's uh, there's um, Different uh, programs that are out there that we can identify guns and shell casings and try to, to track them to an individual gun and and um, and 
just continue to work to take them off the street. Chief Winslow has expressed real frustration over the lack of cooperation from people who get caught up in these crimes or witnesses to these incidents to the extent they're spilling out into the county. Are you running into the same problem of people who may know something about what's going on and simply refusing to talk? We are not quite as bad as what the city has. Um, You know, we've been fortunate that even in the shootings we've had, I know we had one up on the north end where the suspect uh, stayed on the scene. Um, But it's uh, reading the the, uh, computer ticket from last night's call. um, We did have a lot of people calling in, uh, not wanting to leave their names, uh, but at least they called in. We had somebody call in through their, through their, uh, their minister, um, who didn't want to get involved. And and it's, it's unfortunate that our residents are that scared and worried. Um, but it's truly how we're going to solve these crimes. The people sometimes don't understand the power they have, uh, that if they would come forward, give law enforcement that information, we could remove that threat that they're actually afraid of. So it's, it's, it's something that we have to, they have to help us and we have in turn have to protect them. Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell's here with us. And Sheriff, before we let you go, a couple other things we wanted to ask you about. Number one, I uh, I saw last week some discussion about uh, trying to get your hands on some of the uh, Johnson Johnson single-dose COVID vaccine for county jail inmates. Where do we stand on that? So we've got a schedule for uh, the first week of April in the jail. And it's it was vital we had the Johnson & Johnson because when people are in our custody, we have no idea how long they're going to be here for the most part. So we we didn't want to give them a shot the first dose and then then not be here, you know, 28 days later. So we were we were happy um, that as they came out with the Johnson Johnson, we were able to schedule that. So we're gonna we're gonna have them in uh, with the National Guard and public health uh, the first week of April, and you know we we polled the inmates and we tried to give them all the information that, that we can give them about the importance of the vaccine. And roughly we have about 350 inmates and. And it looks like we have about half that has said, yes, they definitely want it. So we're hoping as we as we vaccinate the first wave that we have more people join in. We're not going to mandate it at this point, um, but we're, we're hoping that, you know, they will they will talk amongst each other and read the information we're providing and realize it's good for them. Yeah, it should be noted, too, by the way, this is fully in keeping with the federal guidelines. They recommend vaccinations in these congregate settings where it's so easy to spread the virus. So nobody's like, quote, jumping the line in this situation. This is what the guidelines call for. Right. And, and, and look, we've had a plan in place in the jail uh, for over a year now. When this first broke out, uh, we had a satellite um, facility set up uh, that we were never we, we didn't have to use it all, but we had it ready to go. We didn't know the the extent of the pandemic and what it would all, all involve. But uh, since then, we've also added layers of, of separation in the jail, um, a staggering, if you will, of inmates coming in. Uh, we can hold them for 14 days. Um, downstairs in, 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 the, in the booking area before we put them upstairs. And, and uh, you know, Superintendent Beck and his staff have done a great job in the jail. And, and, and again, our goal is to protect these inmates. Um, we, we're responsible for them while they're here, and, and uh, we've taken that uh, very seriously, and we'll continue to do so. Sheriff, a listener wanted me to ask you this morning and to get an update on a story that was in the Illinois Times a few weeks back. You'd expressed some interest in obtaining a, an armored vehicle for the county. We used to have a huge MRAP uh, vehicle a few years back, and uh, the late uh, Sheriff Wes Barr got rid uh, of that. But you're interested in acquiring uh, a smaller version of one of these armored vehicles. Uh, are you any closer to making that happen, and, and why do you think that would be a good thing for the county to have? Well, we we do continue to pursue it, and whether it was a uh, this, I think it's called an RG31. It's a smaller version of the MRAP, uh, a lot less uh, uh, in weight, 
Um, but, you know, Jim, the, the, one of the misconceptions out there is there's one reason to continue to, to try to acquire one of these, and that is uh, for public safety. That is, it is really more of a rescue vehicle. Um, and you understand how rural our county really is. Um, if we have somebody in a, in a farmhouse shooting a high-powered rifle, we currently don't have a vehicle that would stop a high-powered rifle round. Our only goal here um, is to acquire this as, as, as inexpensively as possible, and, and something that's already been built and paid for through the government would, would benefit us and, and as a department, but also would benefit our citizens. If, we're, if we have to come in and rescue somebody, we can pull a vehicle up that can stop that round and, and, and load them in. We can deliver a tactical team into a, an area where somebody's shooting. So it's not something the public would ever see patrolling. It's not something we would use during peaceful protest. Um, it, it just... There's simply a lot of misinformation out there. There's no weapons mounted on it. We will never mount a weapon on it. It's designed just for uh, saving lives, and that, that was our goal, and I will continue to try to acquire one. Uh, Sheriff, one last question, uh, something I would have been asking about quite a bit last year had the pandemic not sort of dominated everything. But uh, well over a year ago, we talked fairly regularly about the uh, coming legalization of marijuana here in Illinois. And I know you had some real concerns about how that would play out with the potential for more impaired drivers and other societal problems. We're now about uh, 15 months into this. How do you think it's going so far, and and are you seeing more problems of the nature you were expecting as a result of legal marijuana? I'm I'm happy to say that I am not seeing that, and but however, uh, with a little caveat, I think with the pandemic, it's hard to use 2020 as a barometer for anything uh, that we we really want to take a look at. So uh, so far, nothing major. So far, uh, I have not seen increased. Um, uh, you know, traffic fatalities or crime rates. But, but again, across the board, every crime rate was down last year. Um, and, and, you know, much like really bad weather, uh, when criminals don't want to get cold, uh, they also didn't want to uh, catch the virus. So I think that uh, our better gauge will be to watch this upcoming year and see, um, you know, how, how it works out. But right now, I have not seen, um, you know, any, any uh, increase in the things I was concerned about. Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell, we really appreciate your time. Great to talk to you. Thanks, you, Jim.